Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. You're worthy of all the praise and the honor. Father God, you are so great. You're so kind. Lord God, you consider us well beyond we consider ourselves. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that the plan that you have for our lives is good and not evil. We thank you right now, Father, for your guiding hand in all things, Father. Thank you right now, God, that your presence never leaves us, Lord, nor do you ever forsake us, Father. Thank you right now, God, for how you've already maneuvered us through this day. Thank you, Lord, for allowing everybody to wake up in their right mind. In their right mind, Lord, they had the activity of their limbs. They were able to make decisions, sound decisions, Lord. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, God, for your presence being with us and in us in this moment in time, Lord. I pray, God, that you would keep me as I speak to your people, Lord. Tame my mind. Wrangle all my emotions, Lord. You have your way in this moment in time, Father. And we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those words are small compared to your greatness, but it's what we can offer. It's Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. He is worthy, saints. He is worthy. Bishop, God bless you. Give honor to this man. Thank you. Lady Jackson, I'm thankful that she's on the mend. The Lord is faithful. Amen. To all you beautiful, 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 handsome and beautiful. Handsome and beautiful. Make sure some dudes don't like being called beautiful. To all you handsome and beautiful people of God. Hello. Well, as I say, hey there. I love y'all. The Lord is with you and the Lord is in you. I praise God that you're here today. Now y'all got to pray with me, okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> this is a midnight hour situation. But the Lord is uh, it's definitely have a word. And I think that from what we've already heard so far, that aligns up with what's going on. Uh, Bishop already read for you in your hearing um, one of the scriptures, but I'm going to reread it again. Um, so 1 Kings 17. Um, we're going to start at verse 9. 1 Kings 17. We're going to start at verse 9. We'll go to 15. And then immediately after that, we're going to go to 1 Peter. Okay? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. Okay? All right. If you can stand, please stand. If you can, please stand. When you get this, say amen. All right. All right, and it reads, The Lord told him, Get up, go to Zarephath in Sidonian territory and live there. I've already told a widow who lives there to provide for you. So he got up and went to Zarephath. When he went through the city gate, there was a widow gathering wood. He called out to her, please give me a cup of water so I can take a drink. And she went to get it. He called out to her, please bring me a piece of bread. And she said, as certainly as the Lord your God lives, I have no food except for a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. Right now, I am gathering a couple of sticks 
In some translations, it says two, two sticks for a fire. Then I'm going home to make one final meal for my son and myself, Jesus. And after we have eaten that, we will die of starvation. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go and do as you planned. But first, make me a small cake. Make a small cake for me and bring it to me. Then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be empty, and a jug of oil will not run out until the day the Lord makes it rain on the surface of the ground. She went and did as Elijah told her. There was always enough food for Elijah and her and her family. First Peter chapter 1. Actually, I did verse 3, so I apologize for that. Um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 7, and it reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he gave us new birth into a life, um, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That is, into an inheritance imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It is reserved in heaven for you, who by God's power are protected through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This brings you great joy, although you may have, a, may have to suffer for a short time in various trials. Such trials show the proven character of your faith, which is much more valuable than gold. Gold that is tested by fire. Even though it is, it is passing away, you will bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Amen. You may be seated. The topic for today, um, using these two scriptures, the smelting place of faith. The smelting place of faith. So let me give you a backdrop of a timeline in verse uh, in First Kings chapter 17. Around 874 BC, Ahab, son of Omri, became king of Israel in Samaria. After he became king, he married a Phoenician Sidonian woman. She was a princess, actually. Her name, of course, was Jezebel. Now, let me give you a little bit of background on Jezebel, because normally they don't talk about the back. They just said a name, and they kept it moving, because I think the people of the day knew who the name was. They said that her daddy was a king. His name was Ethbaal. Okay? Now, Eth Baal means with Baal in the, in the Hebrew and in the, in the Sidonian Phoenician language. Baal was the god of thunder, the god of fertility. Now her daddy, um, this is Jezebel's daddy, Eth, Eth Baal, he was also a priest, okay, for the line of kings in Sidon. In Sidon. They had to become the priests to the queen, to the um, goddess, her name was Astarte, okay? In the scriptures, her name is Asherah. Now, I'm giving you this for a reason, because I want you to just relate this to where we're at right now in, in 2022, okay? Now, this king raised his daughter, Jezebel, to be faithful to two type of gods. He raised her to be faithful to Baal, the god of fertility and thunder and lightning and storms. And he raised it also to be faithful to Astarte, Asherah, who is also the goddess of war and love. Now, here's a fun story, because one of the things that, especially when you begin to dig a little bit deeper in the scriptures, you begin to see these demons don't got new tactics. Okay? Now, now I said goddess of love and war, right? And I said, dude, the, the Baal was god of thunder, right? Now, even if you ain't that savvy with mythology, you should be able to put the two and two together. There's a god of thunder in the Greeks. His name is Zeus. They ain't got no new tricks. Asteroid, Astarte. This guy is a goddess of love and war. I need, to, need some scholars. Sorry, you ain't got me no scholar to know this. 
Tell me who was the goddess of love in the Greek. Aphrodite. Same rituals, same rites, same thing, same coastline, different name. These demons ain't. That's why the Lord tells us that we have to know what our enemy is doing so we can dodge the darts, the fiery darts that they shoot. Okay? Now, Jezebel convinced her husband, the king of Israel, who was in Samaria, to allow the worship of Baal, okay, and of Astarte or Asherah, okay? Now, what do you think the Lord's response to this was? <laughs> right? The Lord's built this nation brick by brick. Okay? And this king, Ahab, marries this woman. And as we like to say, he switched up. Switched all the way up, actually. For a woman, man. Men. Young men. Don't switch up. <laughs> Don't switch up. Identify who God she serves. Identify quickly who she serves, okay? Quickly. Like I said, they're not, they're not doing anything new, okay? Now, the Lord, of course, is angry, so he sends the emerging prophets. He's, one of the things that's cool about this is verse uh, is 1 Kings 17 is the first appearance of Elijah. It's his first appearance in the scriptures. It's his first mission. His first mission is to go to King Ahab and to say the Lord is calling a drought. Not only on Israel, but on your, 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 your lovely things nation too. So Sidon, where, you know, uh, Jezebel family is, and Israel, both suffered drought simultaneous. Now I want you to think about this um, for 2022. Okay. Okay, because this stuff is not by accident. The Lord kept this in the scriptures now. What the world you think we've been experiencing? Hmm? What the world you think we've been experiencing? Hmm? We didn't seen famine and droughts and fires. And, and people keep, oh, y'all some superstitious, you know. The Lord don't move by that no more. Oh, he don't. COVID-19. Monkeypox. Right? 75 variants of COVID. Keep changing. They can't fight it. No vaccine can fight it. They don't know what the world they're doing. Oh, this thing, no, it don't. You fighting against God right now. Exactly. Your arms are too short to box with God. Right? So we in this situation right now where the saints got to work, got to suffer with the, with the corruption. Help me, Lord. We have to suffer with the corruption. And the Lord said, oh, I'm sending a drought. And we in drought right now. We in drought. My God, are we in drought. What are the conditions of a drought? This Holy Spirit, nah, it ain't on paper. The water dry up. Food leaves. Water leaves. Jobs leave. Drought. Kids can't go to school. Social anxiety goes up. Suicide rate goes up. Drought. Drought. And in the midst of this, the Lord tells Elijah, get up and go. First, I need you to go to Kira. Valley of Kirith. And I want you to stay there until I tell you not to. Now, Elijah did go. And I want you to hear this. So this is the beginning of the refining of Elijah's faith. He told him to leave the place that he was at and go to the place where he wanted him to go. Don't that sound familiar? 
okay? Now, the process of refining our faith is important to our walk with God. As we know, in Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For the one who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Understanding this prepares us for this purpose. Our faith must survive. Our faith must survive. Say survive. Survive. Our faith must survive the fire of life. It must survive the fires of life. God will always answer the test, but it's up to us to see his hand at work all around us and trust that he will remain faithful in the process. So here we find Elijah. While God's wrath overtakes two nations, being called to faithful duty, likewise, we can say, we have seen the hand of God judging the current world. Yet he calls, us, he calls on us to remain faithful in our drought. Anyone feel like they're in a drought? Be, be, be honest with yourself now. Even though that is where you see yourself, God still finds ways to sustain you, to keep you, and to challenge you to go beyond your last level of faith. For what reason does God persist in doing this? Apostle Paul sums it up in 2 Corinthians, beginning at, third, uh, at verse, I mean, sorry, 2 Corinthians at chapter 3, verse 18. He says, and we all with unveiled faces, reflecting the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, which is from the Lord who is the Spirit. For we do not proclaim ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as we as, as are, and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, is the one who shine in our hearts to give us the light of glorious knowledge of God in the face of Christ. God wants to take the faith you have and make it into something pure and adaptable. Metal ore, and this is the beginning stages of how we get metal. Metal ore, once discovered, is not as useful in its raw state, but it has potential. It takes the blacksmith seeing its value and willfully subjecting the ore to fire. After proper refining, its true worth comes forth. This process is called smelting. The act of getting metal from impure pieces of ore. This is what the Lord is doing to us now. So let us look at how God refined Elijah and others during a time of great drought, during a time of great drought and judgment. Here's point one. He will cut off what he doesn't need refined. He will cut off what he doesn't need refined. After leaving Ahab in the drought, and about the drought, or after telling Ahab about the drought, Ahab wanted to kill Elijah. So he fled, and the Lord sent him to a place called Kirith, a valley to the east of Samaria. This was significant because it was here the Lord made a distinction between Elijah and Ahab for his purposes. The Hebrew word kirith means to cut off, to separate. So it was here that the Lord took Elijah and separated him from the resources of the king and his corrupt kingdom. He made a clear distinction between what was worth refining and what was not. During the pandemic... How many things were cut off from you? How many people and things were separated from you? It was not for your failure or for your disillusionment, but for your purpose, that those people and things had to go their own way. The distinction must always be made. In Joshua 24, verse 14 to 15, it reads, now obey the Lord and worship him with integrity and loyalty. Put aside the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt and worship the Lord. 
If you have no desire to worship the Lord, choose today whom you will worship, whether it be the gods whom your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living by I, my family, by I and my family will worship the Lord. Without the distinction, we can make the mistake of mixing the wrong things and produce something that is not only impure, but also ineffective. There's an issue, um, and blacksmiths know this, there's a, a formula to mixing ore, to make new ore. So steel is a mixture of multiple ores. There is no steel ore. It's made, okay? If there is a miscalculation by just a small bit, the steel becomes ineffective. And when it's going to be put to use, it breaks. It may make it either too flimsy or too brittle. There's a precision to how the ore is mixed. There's a distinction set on the pieces of ore that are going into the fire to make you into what you need to be. There is a distinction. Everything can't go on the fire. Okay? Some things I think we hold on to. We think the Lord going to bless it. We're like, Lord, look, well, I can keep this because, you know, God understands. You know, he knows my heart. Y'all know that, 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 that quote, right? Yeah. Uh, he knows my heart, you know, so I'm just going to keep this right here. You know, I'm going I'm to hold on to that. You know, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the fire together. And Lord, like, I'm going to burn it up. I'm going to burn it up, bro. I'm going to burn it up. It's not surviving the fire, man. So we have to be very honest with ourselves in this thing. When the Lord separates, it will hurt. Okay? It will hurt. It will hurt a lot. Can I tell you a personal story real quick? Okay, so for me, I worked at PlayStation. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Okay, I'm a gamer at heart. I've been gaming since I was like three. Okay, so I'm like, oh, this is a dream job, man. But I didn't see what was going on behind the scenes. The Lord knew. COVID hit. I was. Cut financially first. I still didn't leave. Then in 2021, I was cut fully from the company. And I had to process that in the pandemic. Lord, why are you cutting this away from me? But there's a place the Lord was like, you can't be there. Not for what I need you to do. You've done what you're supposed to do here. Let's go to the next level. So that cutting is not going to be comfortable. Okay? It's not going to be comfortable. That leads me to point two. The process of refining begins. Elisha has been faithful and ate and drank at the Kirov Ravine or the Kirov Valley, but suddenly the stream dries and he loses a source of sustenance. The Lord was sending ravens to bring him food, and there was a nice and beautiful brook that gave him water. The drought got so bad that the brook dried up, so he can no longer be there. So now the Lord says something. <laughs> Every time I read this scripture, I just pause. So you're going to have to deal with me on the pauses, okay? Lord told Elijah, now get up and go to Zarephath. Pause. Do you know what Zarephath is? Zarephath is a harbor city in enemy territory. It's in Sidon. It's from the kingdom that Jezebel is from. Okay. So I'm like, okay, all right, Lord. So he's like, okay. You know. Okay. So... Then he says, I have commanded a widow who lives there to provide for you. Now, pause again. Hold up now, Lord. A widow? Now, culturally, context-wise, okay, because we don't think about this now. We got, like, government assistance and all the rest of that stuff. That wasn't around around this time, okay? So a widow was the poorest of the poor. 
There was no, there was nobody in the house that at that time, you know, please do not be offended by this women, okay? So I love y'all. I just want y'all to hear history, okay? Just for a moment, okay? I don't want that to derail y'all. Just, just bear with me for a moment, okay? In that day, men were the ones who owned land, okay? In that culture and also in cultures today, the man owned the land. The son is also entitled to own the land, but he's a boy, so he couldn't go into his full inheritance. There's a certain process where a boy has to grow up to or in order to inherit the land, okay? So as a widow, a woman, you had nothing. Nothing. No help. There's no government assistance. Why do you think the Lord, once again, the Holy Spirit, why do you think the Lord made it his purpose to say that you always feed the orphans and the widows? He was including the most disenfranchised in their society. But the Lord is telling Elijah, his prophet, you know, like we, we deal with prophets of this era, and God's prophets, you know. He's telling God's prophets not to go to a five-star hotel. Um, he wasn't telling this prophet to go and sit in there with, a new, with, a, with another kingdom, you know, and kick it in their house. He, no, no, he said, I need you to go to the enemy's territory, Zarephath. And I need you to go to the poorest person in the nation. I need you to go to a widow, right? Now, the beauty of this, he said, I have commanded a widow. I've commanded a widow to provide for you. Now, we process this a little bit further. The word Zarephath comes from a Hebrew word, Phoenician word, that means to refine, to smelt. Ironically, it got this name because it was known in the ancient day for being a place where they refined dye because they were right beside the water. So they were able to go out into the water, grab oysters and other things and make dye that was invaluable, right? On top of that, they were known for metallurgy or like the, the act of, of producing things out of metal, okay? But the one thing that they, they did the most was that they used the metal to make idols. The Lord is sending his servant to a place where they are known for refining idols to refine his servant. Your life is a contrast to the things that are said around you. If you're going to school, I know school starts back tomorrow for a few people. Maybe next week, or they already started. But children, if you're going to school, teens, you're going to school, you are going into a society, because this is a society, when you go to school, it's a completely different ecosystem. When you go into that place, you are carrying a light. And it runs counter to darkness. And you're going to see a whole lot of darkness. You have to keep your light. Even if what they are producing is darkness, be light. Submit yourself to the smelting. High school, middle school, elementary school, they will smelt you. They will refine you. They will refine your faith as a child, as a teenager. You are not exempt. You are not exempt. Adults, your jobs, your places of commerce, you go to get things, go to buy stuff. You are light. Carry your light well. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Your faith before it is tested against the greater things must survive the small things. I want you to process that. Some people want to immediately go to a healing ministry after they've seen somebody get healed. Their anointing is here. I can heal too. Were you faithful in serving your neighbor? Observe the small things before you go to the big. This right here is something different. Because Elijah is not, did not call the drought. Let me let's not get it twisted, okay? This was not Elijah's power, 
the Lord told him to tell them that he was going to do the drought. While he's here, now he's called to a widow, and he has to trust God in a small thing of being with the widow. But it wasn't just for Elijah. This smelting was also for the foreign widow. First, upon entry, he sees her gathering two sticks. He asked for water, and she agreed, but he hit a nerve once he asked for food. Elijah began by asking for a piece of bread, and the widow finally, her frustration went through the roof, her anxiety, the stress, her depression manifested before Elijah in verse 12. She tells him her suicide plan. Let's not get it twisted. Okay? This is her manifesto. Okay? It's her suicide. No, she's like, no, this is my plan. My plan was to go get these two sticks, make me a fire, take the bit of flour that I got and the bit of oil that I got. We're going to eat this, me and my boy, and we're going to lay down and we're going to die of starvation. That's suicide plan. Okay? She was all out of hope. But even during this, the Lord speaks through Elijah and says, do not fear. Afterwards, he tells her that the food will not run out if he had a smaller. Key thing here. I love the Lord because this is beautiful. Beautifully written as a, as an, as a, a snide remark to preachers and prophets and people of this particular era. Elijah took a smaller piece. He first asked for a whole piece. After hearing her condition, he said, give me a small piece. Lord, have mercy. Lord, Holy Spirit, speak. See, there's a problem where this scripture is abused. There is a blessing in giving to the servants. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm going to get angry about this. Um, but there ain't no blessing if there's no sustenance left for the person that you ask them for, the for forgiving. I want you to analyze this. Elijah asked for a whole piece of bread. She told him his suicide plan. He didn't say, still give me a whole piece of bread. He said, give me a smaller piece. And every time you go back, thus says the Lord. Whenever you go back, there will be flour. And whenever you go back, there will be oil. The issue we got in this particular current situation is that we don't see the uno reversing this that the Lord did to people of this generation. Men and women have been telling people from the pulpit to give them everything that they got for a blessing from the man and woman of God. <sighs> Help me, Father. Is a gross, disgusting misuse of Scripture. Elijah had a heart for this woman. He saw her and her need, and he didn't take everything. He took a piece. He put himself in the same position that she was in. His faith was being increased because he went. The Lord told him to go. The Lord told her to do. In her doing, she had the processes. I heard you in the car saying it, Bishop, <laughs> like when we were reading the scripture. She had to keep going over and over and over again. That takes faith. The first time, probably a fluke. Second time, he may have snuck something in here. Third time, who he know? Fourth time. There's still some more in here. Fifth time. Sixth time. Seventh time. These are months, people. Months. Months. That they were in drought. They were in drought, and she had the faith to do. And he had the faith to go. Him going to her gave her the faith to do. There's a double blessing in that. 
And in this process, Elijah, trusting God to go into the land and speak in the word of God to this widow, she responded correctly by doing what, doing what was asked. And one thing, one thing not known to mention, she didn't, oh, I already said that, I ain't going to go through that. Let me go to, yes, the smelting of our faith takes time in the fire. It is here that Elijah realized the power of God extends beyond Israel. It's here the widow begins to see merit in the God of Israel. While the God she, was, um, she worshipped, Baal, was a Lord of storms fertility, he did not supply. But the Lord, our God, did supply. Elijah's faithfulness and trust in God survived the fire, and a widow's indifference to a foreign God was, was, was being melted away. Do not be afraid when God sends his fire. When you are in the crucible and you think you cannot, hear, you cannot bear it, hold on. He is removing those deep cuts, those hurts, those feelings of anxiety, that depression. He's removing it from you. Just like the widow expressed those deep cuts and worries, God answered them all and will give you a way out beyond your expectations. Amen? That brings us to the third point. After refining you, your faith must be tested for purity. After refining you, your faith must be tested for purity. Now, this is the part we don't like. Don't like the most, actually. Now, after the widow has gone to the jar and jug for months now, everything seems all right, but never forget about the culmination of a refined faith, the testing. Her son falls ill. And could not breathe. This is after the scripture. This is further down in, 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 seven, in King, 1 Kings 17. Elijah is faith with a faith test too. Can my God raise this child? The widow cries out as her deep cuts open up again. And Elijah now must trust that the widow, I mean that, that the widow God prepared for him, will not see any loss. Up until this time, all the things he had seen were because of God's words to him. This is his first time asking God to supply and restore. It's testing time. And after he prays over the boy, the miraculous power of God worked through him, and the boy came back to life. Do not consider the testing a curse. It is a call to action. A cumulative response to all that you have learned. Like kids, y'all in school, y'all going to have a test at the end of the semester. Maps, and I'm learning this stuff new. I'll tell you why in a little bit. <laughs> Map, and, and, and you have also small tests that you have to overcome in order to show that you've learned what you've been, what you've been put through. Amen? Amen? You see, God is not so much concerned with you having what you want but more so concerned with how you trust him to provide. Amen. Elijah cried out to God to save the boy, and he did. And Elijah, passing the test, produced two things. It strengthened his faith, and it tore down the walls of unbelief in the widow. He exclaimed, the boy lives. In the Hebrew, there's a, there's an, uh, the boy lives. Like, it actually worked. This actually worked. Praise God. And the widow said, now I know. You are a prophet. That was his initiation. This is his inauguration into his prophethood from a widow. Now I know that you are a prophet. And the word of the Lord rests in your, in your body. I was like, Lord, have mercy. So not only... Was Elijah, Elijah strengthened? You turned this woman away from Baal worship. Now I know that you are a prophet. You are a prophet. And the words of the Lord speak through you. Lord have mercy. Our faith is not just for ourselves, but for those the Lord has called us to be around. Even while you are suffering, serve faithfully. Because the same people watching you say you are a Christian are looking for the evidence. 
The widow already got flour and oil for days and months. And it wasn't enough. I want you to consider this. She, she, she began this whole conversation saying, I know the Lord your God. He ain't my God. It's your God. All right? It wasn't enough to have her say that our Lord was her Lord. But after seeing her son come back, she finally believed. Be patient and serve the Lord faithfully. God's preparing you to go to another level. Trust God and pass the test so that you may go forward to greater things in him. A brief testimony. I told you I lost my job with PlayStation in 2000, April 2021. Immediately after that, Brandon had to have surgery. It was funds that we, I didn't know we would have, but the Lord provided. Um, I applied for job at the 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 job. I think I think when tallied last before everything was 173 job applications. I got no calls back for but for two. One was the Coca-Cola at the end of the year to be a what they call a small merchandiser, a small business merchandiser. And you go to gas stations early in the morning to just go and put stuff on the shelf. I was like, Lord, if you're gonna give me money. This is a spot I'll go. So I went. I hated it. Um, there was too much disorganization. And I said, Lord, I can't do this. This is taking me away from everything. So for the first time in my life, I quit a job. I gave them a resignation. and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I trusted God again. Went back to the well. January, I got a call from a small company in Charleston called Sprockets. Um, I accepted that job. The job was also not very well. Um, and I was like, Lord, what the world is going on? I have a lot of, you know, you, you start, you ever did this before you start listening to your accolades, God? Um, Lord, I did these things for the community. I did this right here. I did all these wonderful, beautiful things. And, and I can't get no job. Not a word from him. I kept working. Kept working. Then they say, you know what? You're not working fast enough, so you're fired. So they fired me in April. All the while, all this stuff, while all this stuff is going on, the Lord was preparing my heart to do something different. In 2020, when the pandemic hit, um, I blessed God for, for Kenton and Jonathan. Uh, we all we sat down together and we prayed and we were like, we have to figure out a way to make sure the ministry continues. That's when we got this stuff, right? I mean, you were doing it outside first, and then we brought it back inside, trying to find way, different ways to keep you guys engaged and encouraged. Um, somebody took notice and was like, you know what, can you do that for us? So I did it. It was, it was supplemental money. It was great. I'm thankful. It still continues to this day, where I go around and help ministries and things of that nature. That was birth out of the separation, the cutting off. My time was cut in half, and because of that, I was able to see a new opportunity to go out and do something for God's people. Okay? Now, the funds are running out. It's 2022. I feel like the widow. I told Bishop this. I feel like the widow. I got two sticks. I got two sticks, Lord. Help me. <laughs> How long can this fire last? <laughs> but every time I went back, have mercy. Every time I went back to that bank account, there was money. Not the amount that I wanted, but the amount that I needed. It was my small cake. kept serving God faithfully. Even through resentment, I'll be honest with y'all, I was angry. But I still purpose in my heart to serve the Lord. I was given a job to do last month that covered the bills for this month. But now I was like, Lord, when August get here, 
There ain't no sticks. There ain't no flour. There ain't no oil. I get a text, Facebook message, two weeks ago, literally two weeks ago, from my old roommate. Bless God for Jamal Sanders. He was just asked a simple question. Trevor, do you know anybody that does math? I said, I do math. I said, well, I'm a principal. Great Falls High. You can do an interview on Thursday. This is Tuesday. You can do an interview this week. Yeah, absolutely. That's fine. You know, I'm like, let's, let's go. He calls me Thursday. 30 minutes before the interview is ready. You, you ready for an interview? Um, Jamal, I'm on the road, um, but I will do my best to get there. So I showed, I did the Zoom interview, prayed and did the best that I could. I got off the phone. I was like, Lord, help. Sometimes you don't, the, the, the popular idea of, of prayers being long and luxurious and, and sexy, you know, you know, um, Lord, help. Later on that night, he calls me back. So Trevor, you ready to come to work? Yeah. What, 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 if that's what you, you're, you're offering me the job? Well, I can't form the offer you the job, but I'll offer you the job. <laughs> so he says, wait for a phone call. I said, okay. Friday comes. I didn't get the phone call. Call him back. I'm like, I haven't got a phone call. He said, don't even worry about that. Come to work on Monday. <laughs> now, in the midst of this, my people, From that Tuesday to that Friday, I was saying, Lord, help. That Thursday, I said, Lord, help. And he helped. Monday comes. There still ain't really an authorized writ for me to be an employee for Chester County. For a school district, y'all. Now, I got some teachers in here. Y'all know how long it took to get a job and be a teacher, be in the district. Well, the Lord expedited this thing. I show up on Monday. They show me around the school. Tuesday, we're at convocation. I still ain't got no badge. I still ain't got no email. I ain't got nothing. Now, this, this is for the teachers right here, because I don't know if y'all understand what's going on. This don't happen. And I met the superintendent. I'm sitting over there, I'm like, I ain't got no job. I'm like, I'm like, this is like, 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 Lord, what the world's going on? Wednesday happened. I'm like, okay, you know, he's like, all right, Trevor, we need you to be here on Thursday for the, for, to meet the children. I'm like, I can meet the children? <laughs> I can meet the kids today? Um, so I show up, you know, the, the, the position is called the math interventionist. I, I help children, um, and there's some people in this room that are grown now that will remember this, that may bless them. When they were failing math, I helped them. The Lord said, through Jamal, Trevor will say yes. The Lord had to prepare my heart. Last year, I would have said no. But because of the smelting, there were some things that were cut off from me that had to be put to the side, my pride, my ego. Things I said I won't do. God, I ain't doing that. I've been saying no to education for 20 years almost. I ain't going no education. They don't pay me enough. I'm worth more than that, Lord. Well, Lord said, yeah, actually you are. So how about now? So this is what we going to pay you, Trevor. I'm like, that's school T7. 
And the superintendent from the, I'm telling you all this because it's just miraculous work before my eyes. Superintendent stood up there on the, on the podium and said that before we did this wrong, but we value our teachers and we're going to make sure you can eat. So he changed the entire system. God's timing is the best timing, y'all. I say this to encourage you if you're in drought. The moment all this stuff happened, before everything, the Lord would send you a flare. Something's about to go down. He did it till he did it. Elijah knew that the drought was coming. The Lord had a plan to keep him alive, keep him fed. During the drought in the beginning, I could still take care of my family, and I also had side jobs to actually supplement. It still wasn't enough, but it was enough to get the job done. The next year, all that money began to dwindle. Bills started to go up, inflation, all the rest of this stuff happened. And then the Lord said, now, now, let's test your faith. Will you trust me when your funds is running out? Will you trust me? Well, you've shown me so far that you've been faithful, Lord. I trust you. And this is the culmination of my first test. And I pray that your testimony is just as beautiful and just as worthy of his honor. Because if he can do it for me, Lord have mercy, can he do it for you? And that's all I got to say about this. Submit yourself to the smelting. Do not fear God's fire. You ain't tougher than God's fire. Men, put down your doggone ego and submit to the smelting. Your ego and pride could never match what God's fire will do to you. Women, don't discredit what the Lord is doing in the fire. He has not discredited you in the fire. He is honoring you in the fire. And when you come out, the purity of your worship, the purity of your service, the light in your life will attract those around you to know I want to know who this God is that you serve. Amen? Everybody stand. Jesus. If you are discouraged today because of the drought, you don't have to lift your hand or nothing. I'm going to pray for you first. If there's anybody in here that does not know Christ as their Savior and Lord, he is the one. He is the one. Not only does he save us, but he submits us to the fire. That we may be able to come out pure as gold. So I'm going to pray for the folk that have issues right now. And they're in the fire. They don't like it. As I understand, I didn't like it either. But stay in there. Submit yourself to the fire. And for those that are not saved, you can get this too. The Lord's love and faithfulness is not only for your salvation, but for your understanding. You'll get to see what he's doing in everything. There's nothing disconnected from him. So I'm going to pray for the folk in the drought first. Father, you're wonderful. You're merciful. You're kind. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, even in the midst of our drought, Lord. Thank you, Father, for how you've already intervened on their behalf in ways that they cannot even conceive. Open their eyes, Lord. Open their eyes to the things that you began, that you've begun in them and the things that you're bringing them into. Help their hearts when those things have been separated, Father. Keep them when they're in your fire. 
tenderly take away those things, Lord, that is not, that is not conducive to their faith. You're doing the work right now, Father. You're taking us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith, because you are the one who is faithful. Help us. Help us to honor you in the midst of the fire. Help us to lay down our egos and pride in the midst of the fire. Holy Spirit, do your work in your people, encouraging them and strengthening them and showing them the way. Have your way. Fill them afresh with your presence. May they accept the infilling of your presence for the journey that's ahead. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for calling them for this era. Thank you, Lord, that they were not born out of the wrong time, that this is the right time. Increase their faith. Strengthen their resolve. Hallelujah, Lord. Have your way, God. Keep them as they go into strange lands, into places that they don't understand, that you've told them to go. Keep them, Father. You're the only one who is wise, the only one who is worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a prayer for anybody, if you're in the sanctuary and you don't know Christ, this is your time. Submit yourself to the one who also saves, refines. He's authorized a whole new body for us, a whole new place for us. Not only does he do that in the afterlife, as I preached last time, you can come to life now in the things that the Lord has made for you. So if you are unsaved, pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And I know that you died. You died on the cross. And that you rose from the grave. And you are ascending on high, and you are seated at the right hand of the Father. I commit myself to you. I am your servant. You are my Lord. Thank you for allowing me into your kingdom. Thank you for choosing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.